Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Crease Crank Hockey Podcast with Murph and Speech. How's it going, Speech? Um, I'm doing pretty good. How are you doing, Connor? Uh, I'm pretty good. Uh, we're off to the second round, and uh, game game one of the second round starts tomorrow, so I'm pretty hyped up about that. How are you feeling about the going into round two? Um, I'm excited. You know, I think the boys just got to get out there, perform, get the feet moving early, forecheck, backcheck, you know, hit some guys. Got to be throwing the body out there, you know, pucks in deep. And we just kind of have to bear down, and we got to take their crowd out of it early. So I think we can do that. That's right. We're we're in their barn for the first game, so uh, that'll be an interesting one. But um, did you uh, – oh, we also had um, a hockey charity tournament over the weekend, and how was that for you? Um, it was all right. I was the goalie. I got attacked by some drunk guy, and it was it was in, it was an interesting event to say the least. Um, so I'll tell you this story. So some random guy was there before the charity tournament, and he was getting ready to go, and he wanted to get in, but it's twenty bucks to get into the tournament, and he didn't have twenty bucks. So this absolute buffoon, this absolute buffoon is outside the tournament trying to sell weed to a bunch of miners for 20 bucks. He's going around saying, hey, you guys want some weed for 20 bucks so I can get into this tournament. So eventually they decide to let him in. And then and then he tries, he tries to fight a 17-year-old boy. Like, this guy was an absolute nut job. Like, I honestly don't know what they were thinking letting him into the tournament. That was pretty funny, honestly. And the guy just wanted to play some hockey. So, um, I think they just let him play after that. Then they said, if you want to play, just play. <laughs> kind of thing. But that that was a lot of fun. It was raising, like, a good, a good cause for um, a buddy of ours, uh, dad's friends, that uh, passed away last year. Of cancer. of cancer, yeah. So it was a really good charity, and it was really well put together uh, by the Woodward family. So uh, shout out to them, and a lot of us had a, a really good time. Uh, friends and family were out, so it was a good time playing the sport that we loved, and it was for a good cause. Um, I think we can jump into it. Some big news, a big trade from my favorite team. The Toronto Maple Leafs acquire Ryan O'Reilly from the St. Louis Blues. Okay, we could go into depth here for for a second. So, um, the Leafs get Ryan O'Reilly and Nolachari, and so the Blues get here we go. This might go for a while. They get Mikhail Arbamov. They get Adam Gaudet, a 20, 2023 first round pick, a twenty twenty three third round pick, a twenty twenty four second round pick, and retain fifty percent of Ryan O'Reilly's contract. And then you got a third party in here, which is uh, the Minnesota Wild, and they're just kind of in there for the cap of O'Reilly because Leafs got no cap. So um, the Wild are receiving uh, a 2025 fourth round pick and retaining 25% of O'Reilly's contract. So um, during so looking at that trade, that's another big trade. Like over the past what three weeks, we've seen a big trade, eh? Like it's been. It's been crazy to see, like, over the past uh, couple of weeks that just big trades been happening, like the Bohovrat trade, you got the Tarasenko trade, like, trades like that. And, like, another big trade this week, which is the O'Reilly trade, and another addition uh, through the center position for the Leafs. And you see uh, now they're pretty good through the center position. You got Matthews, you got uh, Tavares, and you got now O'Reilly. And another thing, you can't leave out Nola Charlie is a good depth piece, and he plays with heart and soul, so you have to give him credit, and he'll be a Bruins good Bruins legend, shout out. 
Yeah, he's our double agent. He knows what goes on in that locker room. So he'll get a hell. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but still, he's a good depth piece. He works. <laughs> he works hard, and it's a good ad. And then you look on on the blue side of things. Abramov's a solid prospect. Adam Gaudet's kind of been a journeyman around the league, but he's he's still fairly young, so he can still find a decent depth game. De- in definitely him. a solid like top nine forward, I'd say, on that third line. Especially on the Blues, where they're not like as strong as they were because they're a seller now. But then you get the first for this year, a third this year, and then a second for next year, which if I'm the Leafs, the picks mean nothing because you don't know what they're going to be. Yeah. But for the blues they could end up being good so in that's on that side the picks are a good thing but when you also look at the leafs the leafs really didn't give anything up for that trade there because to be honest because the and the cap circumcision that was done by the wild it's unbelievable like so the leafs only are taking 25 percent of what the Leafs are only paying 25% of Ryan O'Reilly's contract. 75% are on other teams, which is really good. Yeah. Which is surprising how other teams... Do you think it's surprising, like, in some of these kind of trades? Like, not just this one, but maybe other ones. You see that um, uh, other teams come in to take contracts, like some of the contracts. Is that, like, surprising to you or no? No. Well, you look, the NHL starting to have more, like, the three-way trades like it was in basketball. So not not as the same as that in the NBA. Like you look, there's a couple. Well, I forget what the trade was, but there's a big three-way trade in the NBA. But I think it's smart. I think it makes sense for the Wild. The Wild aren't really contenders this year. Ryan O'Reilly only has one year left on his contract, so he's expiring. So really, you're he's just more getting, of a rental. He's not going to sign. Back, you're really. really I don't you, think. You don't think so? There, no. I saw on TSN lots of people are saying he might sign a hometown deal. So what, she's going to take 950k. <laughs> that's all they got. That's basically what well, it actually, is. Well, actually, right now the Leafs have 4 million in cap space due to guys on LTIR. Exactly. So you're saying they're going to pull a Tampa. They could uh, pull a Tampa. Yeah, you if are they pulling a Tampa. To. That's right. But uh for the Wild in this, um I mean, you get like kind of like a free uh fourth round pick kind of thing, but I don't know what you really get out of a player like that, but you still get a fourth-round pick out of it when you're just holding 25% of uh, Ryan O'Reilly's contract. So that's that's not a bad deal for them, I guess, to hop in. So, um, But other than that, it's like um, the Blues get a first, which is if the Leafs, if, if you like you always say, if they somehow make it past the first round, um, that could turn – or it's not going to turn into anything, but it's more going to seem like more of a second-round pick than a first-round pick. You see what I mean? Like, well, because it'll be high. It'll be the 32nd yeah. pick in the draft if they make it past the first round. Exactly. And you see a lot of trades like this. You see um, the top teams trading away their first-round picks, but in my eyes, it, it, it's just like they're you're really just giving away a second-round pick. You're just giving away a really good second-round pick. So um, for the least, I, I I think it's a pretty good trade. And I, Do you think they won, they won the trade? I don't think there's a winner and a loser in this trade. The Leafs get what That's they really need. Answer, the yeah. Blues get what they need, and the Wild are there to help. They also get basically a free fourth. Exactly. So I don't think the way to put it is there's a winner and a loser right now. And, I mean, as of right now, Ryan O'Reilly has two goals tonight, and he's has three points with the Leafs already. So I don't 
I don't think like I think a lot of people are nervous because of what happened with uh, Nick Felino when they traded for a fifth and then he or at first my bad why did I say a fifth they traded for a first and he was not turning into anything but obviously like he turned into something because he plays for Boston so <laughs> he definitely put that step for step forward in his career but obviously shut that step forward wasn't shut up in you're Toronto. an absolute idiot <laughs> but no but like obviously it's nervous but he got hurt it wasn't that he wasn't doing stuff. He just got hurt. Yeah. But I, th- I think this is a big different trade. But also, um, after the trade, uh, Kyle Dubas, uh, as you guys, as whoever doesn't know, uh, he's the GM of the uh, Maple Leafs, and he came out saying after the trade, uh, uh, this is like this is the year that has to happen. This has to be the year has to break through through the window. I know everyone says, like, ah, oh, they're just out. Like, I mean, I say it all the time. But, like, this has to be the year. This has to be the year. This has to be the year of them, yeah, getting through, like, the first round and accomplishing something. Like, obviously, yeah, you're going to make it to the playoffs. But everyone almost makes it to the playoffs. Like, look, the, the Atlantic's already set. Half of the league. Atlantic. Half of the league makes it. Not Okay, yeah, I know. I know, what, I know what you meant. But, like, the top three in Atlantic, like, you got Boston, you got Toronto, and you got Tampa. That's a solid lock three. Do, do, you, and not, do you agree with yeah, that? Yeah, and the one thing you have to add here, though, this trade also makes sense because they know who they're playing. They know they're playing Tampa, and then they also know the next round if they win, chances are they have Boston. And the one thing you have to consider with O'Reilly is they brought the Conn Smythe winner who beat the Boston Bruins in TD Garden in a Game 7. How much do you think that helps? Like, that actually makes a difference. Yeah. I mean, when you got refs on your side, it's it's pretty easy to win a hockey game. So, um, you know, we could just get past that because I don't have to bring up my depression for that. So, um but other than that, I thought, um, like you said, like there was no really winners or losers. Uh, it's just everybody got what they needed. Exactly. That's that's a perfect way of explaining it. Um, but I like to say um, one thing. So we're moving, we're shifting over to another Canadian team uh, in the West, um, the Calgary Flames. I'm talking about Jonathan Huberdeau and uh, his agent making. Uh, kind of uh, bad comments about the team and how they're doing. Uh, just kind of explaining how it's disappointing, that, like kind of like the season's going and stuff like that. Like, do you have any thoughts on that speech? Um. Well, f- my main thing I gotta say is, it's a little bit like if I am the Calgary Flames, you gotta be a little bit disappointed in Huberdeau and his GM because you don't want your team to be kind of run through the mud like that. But then, basically, the day after Daryl Sutter came out, basically. I wouldn't say, like, not, like, like denying the comments, but he was almost kind of saying, like, whatever they say doesn't matter because we know we have a group here that can be successful. But obviously the Flames season has been a bit disappointing, but it they're giving me, like, shades of what the Jets were like last year, where the Jets had a lot of underperforming superstars and star players that just weren't playing up to the level they should be. And I think that you have lots of talent. You have some young players. Like, Mangiapane will end up being good, I think. And I just... I think they just have to, like... They're they're older, but I think at the same time, they just kind of have to be like, okay, the season's not going our way, so let's just 
bear down and get ready for the next season because they have the guys to be successful. They just but Markstrom's having an off season. Exactly. Um, like even the other goalie, like Vladar, is not having the best season. The you, the D's not kind of performing. You don't have uh, you may have one or two guys kind of performing, like Yutlin Home, and that's really all I could think of. That's really performing, but like. Especially like a star player like Huberto making those comments is pretty big. Like him, agent. agent. Sorry about that. But do you could you see this maybe turning into like a JT Miller situation? No, because I think Huberto's effort is better than what JT Miller's is like. And I just I think the change it's kind of like a culture shock for Huberto. You go from living in Florida to living in frozen Calgary. Even though he's Canadian, but still, just it's almost it's a big difference. You also go from I forget who their coach was, but then you turn into Daryl Sutter, who's more of a stricter coach and doesn't really let it get away with stuff. Or I think Hubert Doe probably might have been getting he's away really with. Good, he's a top three coach in my book. I, I'm pretty Sutter? sure. Sutter, yeah. But still, but you understand what I mean. It, it's disappointing, but I think it's like the agent should, should kind of just pipe down and keep it behind the scenes where you have. Look what happened with Matthew Kachuk where he said that he wanted to leave, but they kind of weren't – it wasn't really, like, disrespectful, and they didn't run the flames through the dirt in any means by that. Yeah. They just were being honest. So and they, they, and they were being respectful it. about it and stuff like that. But, like, just the Huberto's agent is really disrespectful to the team, like, to management, and also, like, Huberto's, like, players and stuff like that. Like, like what do you think of, like – Oh yeah, it was your uh, your agent of saying that, but like, what was Huberto's thoughts on it? Like, what what would you think? Like, did he maybe have the the same thought process that um, as his agent, and like his agent just came out to say it, or is he just, or is his agent just saying how he feels, like kind of thing? Like, we don't really know this, so it's it was an interesting topic to kind of him to talk about and talk about how the the flames like the lackluster season as as they're having like right now they're 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 in they're not even in a wild card spot they're they're two points back of a wild spot wild card spot they have uh 63 points and they've played uh 57 so um they're you, you could definitely still like come back and be in that wild card spot but i think it's gonna be hard for them for sure in the road coming up it's just like stuff like that hit the team chemistry hard, as you could probably say, and I just don't see them like getting any better from this. Like especially like their last game, like another bad game. Like I think it was against uh, who was it Minnesota? I'm pretty sure. Like it was it was just a bad game, and like they came back and then Mark Tremblay in another week one and they lost. So like I just don't see anything coming out of this team this year again. Um, Maybe they got next year. <laughs> we could just say that. I here's a question for you: Do you see a team coming out of the West winning the Stanley Cup this year? Um, that's a really good question. I don't know. I don't know is my answer because I mean you got Vegas, but I Mark Stones at LTIR. Oh, that's true. Okay, thanks for saying that. So probably not Vegas. Um, you got um, the Jets. The Jets, big. but like, well, they just got outshot like fifty-one they to won, twenty, and they won because of Hellebuck. Yeah, but it's that was straight Hellebuck. Better, Hellebuck's the better game. goalie almost wins every playoff series. That's right. So, 
I think you have a hot. You need a hot goalie. So da- uh, Dallas, Dallas could be good. So like if Jake Ottinger has a good hand, like he might go. Um, Colorado, if uh, McCarr comes back and he's healthy, he's I, hurt right now with a concussion I out. Only, by the way, I only see a Western team winning if it's Dallas, Winnipeg, or Colorado. So the three top teams from the Central. Central. Yeah. I I don't think any of the Pacific te- maybe Seattle but I don't think Martin Jones will be as good as what Hellebuck or Ottinger will be playing like and obviously you gotta say Colorado because their team is so much firepower and Gorgiev is a solid starter he's not like outstanding by any means like that but he's solid and look at what they won they won a Stanley Cup already with Darcy Kemper who wasn't outstanding so they they have the guys to win in Colorado and I just think though if I were to pick a team from the West, not because they're my hometown team, but I think it's the Jets because they have the best starter in that division. I think I think Hellebuck's the best starter, maybe other than Saros, but Saros isn't in a playoff spot. Yeah, so they're they're fourth. <laughs> Nashville's fourth. They're like <clears throat> Nashville's uh, outside a wild card spot. Yeah, they're outside looking. In. I think that they have the forwards that can do it. They have Nick Ehlers back now, Mason Appleton back, and then you got. Just they're deep down too. Like Sam Gagne has been a healthy scratch, and he was on their first power play at one point. Yeah. So I I am excited to see what the Jets can do because they were winning games through injury problems, but now they are healthy, and now they should be able to see what their full potential can do. Okay. So um. So we're kind of moving on to topics here. Um. I looked up, or, or it came out, uh, TSN's uh, top 10 uh, trade bait board. So um, do you kind of want to, we'll go through the, the guys and kind of give our quick thoughts on them? Yeah. So uh, number one, uh, we got um, uh, Timo Meyer. Is this a surprise? Um, he's not new to this podcast. We talked about him for a couple weeks now. I... This it's not a surprise. San Jose is really looking to dump off guys because they're not very good. But I'm surprised again. I'm surprised he didn't go to New York, the Rangers. I think he would have been a great fit for that team. Over and, Tarasenko. Yeah, I think he would have been a better fit over Tarasenko. Like, obviously they can hem them offensively, but they're not very strong defensively, and that kind of shows when you just take 50 shots and you don't win. And, and, he, and he's on a reasonable contract. He's on. He's just. He's making six mil. Like he. He comfortably like puts up points, and he's a good two way forward power power forward kind of thing. He does his thing. He's on the power play. He's. I think sometimes he's actually on the penalty kill. I've watched a couple of their games, but just his him going up and down the lineup, he could almost do anything. You know, so uh, it could be a good addition for any team kind of thing. So, uh, number two, we got, uh, not surprising Jacob Chitron of the Arizona coyotes. So here's the thing here originally. So last week there was big rumors that he would be moving to LA and it said tomorrow it'll be coming out. And they kept saying it and saying, it, and then it hasn't happened yet, which is starting to make me think that deal fell through. Yeah. Like, you think LA wasn't comfortable enough, maybe giving up a pro a top prospect, or because remember they they were asking for two first round picks. Yeah. So maybe LA wasn't comfortable giving that second first round pick kind of thing. Or maybe it was just rumors. But again, gonna sound like a homer here. I think Jacob Chikrin would be a good fit in Toronto. 
I think. Where's your cap space? <laughs> what do you mean? Where's our cap space? Yeah, are they going to hold seventy? Are they going to hold seventy-five percent of the cap? Minnesota will. <laughs> <laughs> and then, but no. So we have him. I think he'd be a good fit there. But or I but think he's he'd... always in the trade talk. Like we've seen this like for the past three years. I think this is the year that it happens though, because they're sitting him out for trade reasons, and we're still a ways out. So they might be holding on to him to see if they can get the best possible deal for him but I think he'd be a good fit on Toronto but also Edmonton but I think there's another guy going to Edmonton that will come up later in this trade bait list but uh, uh, next up uh, third we got uh, Gav- 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 Gavrikov uh, he, from uh, good, the Columbus Blue good Jackets defenseman. Yeah, he's a defenseman. He's yeah, a good, he's a good two-way D-man. defenseman. He can play defense. He can play offense. He's solid and he's a solid like I'd say bottom four, like that fourth guy. So I think he's a solid like two-way, like you but said. But you could you could put him on the first pairing with a good offensive guy. Yeah, exactly. Which is why it's a good pickup. I'm happy this year's trade deadline has this many guys. Do you remember uh, two years ago where the number one guy on the trade bait board was David Savard? Yeah. <laughs> Now he's just a Montreal legend. Montreal Habs plug. The Habs are terrible. Sean, this is for you, buddy. The Habs are terrible. But <laughs> but no. But he's a good player. I he's he'd be similar to David Savard. I think he's a bit better though. And you you can't go wrong for trading for him, but I think I think if you're I'm trying to think of a team that he'd be a good fit for. If you need a solid two way defenseman, he's a good pickup. He's uh just like Joe Morrow, so I think it should be good. <laughs> All right. Um next up we got uh fourth, which is Ryan O'Reilly, but he's already traded, so uh congrats congratulations, Leaf fans. Um we'll quickly move on to the fifth. Um, you got uh Ivan Barvashev from the Saint Louis Blues. So what do we think about this one? A very underrated player. I agree. Very. He's almost. He is one of the most underrated players in the league. Do you think like he's an underrated player, like kind of like Mangiapane, like around that kind of class? Yeah, I do. I think whichever team trades for them, if they do, you're picking up a really solid top six forward who can put the puck in the net. He's shown it before, and especially if you put him on. Align with a true playmaker. There, I don't know what will stop him. I think you could see him as a sixty-plus guy. Yeah. On a real good team. Like on a maybe on a second line kind yeah. of thing. Like I don't see him like driving a first line or I don't anything see him crazy. Driving a line, but I could see him being put on the line and producing well yeah. and helping that line. He's also a good two-way forward. Like puts the puck in the back of the net and stuff like that. Like he does his job and he does his job right. So like there's. Nothing else you could ask more than that, but just maybe give him more ice time when he maybe produces more kind of thing. Um, but uh, six. Uh, the guy that we hinted at earlier, Eric Carlson, Carlson. Very heavily rumored for him to end up yeah. in the Edmonton Oilers organization. Do you think he'll look good in uh, Oilers uni? I I think the Oilers offense becomes unstoppable with them. Could you imagine that power play? McDavid, Dreisaitl, Carlson. And Nuge. Uh, Nuge, yeah. The Hyman. Zach Hyman. No, it's Evander. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's Evander Kane. <laughs> Evander Kane, like, just but, the, the gambler. The gambler. <laughs> but, no, um, I think that would be a big pickup. Obviously, big cap hit. Yeah. 
And but he's worth it now. You can't say it's overpaid when but, he's having the season. Said, he is. But San Jose also came out saying like they're not willing to take even half. They don't want to retain it. They don't want to retain. They just want to send them out, which is crazy. But like, obviously, everyone would want to do that, right? But like, there's how are you gonna get rid of? The, he's making eleven point five right now, and he's got got like four or five years going. Like, there's it's just. It's going to be so hard. I mean, it's good that he's having a great year. Like, this is the year to load him off because he's having an unreal year. So you're going to get a big return for him. Exactly. But the issue from, the, with, from the contract, you're not going to get a big return as you're wanting. And the issue for the Oilers here, they have 500000 in cap space. So they're going to have to do some big cap search circumcision to get it working. So I don't know what they'll be able to do. But it, if they make it work... They they could end up winning. They're that good. And I think if Stuart Skinner gets hot or the can of soup, they have a chance. But Jack Campbell's not getting hot. He's he's cold right now. He's 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 in Antarctica right now. I don't know where he is, but he's he's somewhere in the North Pole. But um I even if they add Carlson, I just don't see them I just don't see them getting I know they get really good offensively. They're already great offensively. Like, there's nothing to knock off of that. You got McDavid and Drysaw. Great. Two best players in the world right now. But what – again, like, who's your defense? Like, what are you – you're just adding another offensive defenseman. Like, yeah, you're, he's helping with the power play. He's helping, like, creating more offensive chances. But, like, it, their problem is keeping the puck out of their net. That's their problem, man. It's – yeah, it's the goaltending, but it's also like the defensive play. Like you gotta plug like best Cody CC, but your your best defenseman is Darnell Nurse cracking up nine mil doing nothing. So, but it's Cody it's, it's hard to see. Cody also making three and a quarter million. Like Holy. that's a big contract. That's a big contract but, for a guy that does nothing. But they're being saved. You got Evan Bouchard, who's still on his rookie deal. And then you also have Philip Roberg, who is on another, again, rookie deal. But you you have Cody Cece as a top four defenseman. Horrendous. Horrendous. That's brutal. Like that, you, you, Oilers fans used to be ashamed of yourselves. That's <clears throat> Having a guy like that locking up the minutes, like, I'd rather have Jacob Truba. <laughs> <laughs> well, obviously, Jacob Truba is better than Darnell Nurse, but we won't get Okay, no, we're not. We already went over this like last time. But no, if they do add Eric Carlson, I think, or if they don't, I think a guy that they could target, as we mentioned him earlier in this podcast, is Gavrikov. Good two-way defenseman. He'll help keep pucks out of your net, or bring him back, Dmitry Kulikov, back to Oil Town, and then you can also get. Jake McCabe, who's also a good, solid defensive defenseman. So you can't... There's lots of defensive defensemen to go on the board, and it should be good. So... Do you want me to bring up a new topic here? I think this is a hot topic because I just saw another Michigan. Not surprising anymore. Um, The hype's kind of not there anymore. You know what I mean? So uh, I kind of wanted to talk about this. I know. Ever since it went down and... Brandon during the high school hockey tournament has just died after that. That was the last hype Michigan. For you guys that don't know, he pulled a Michigan in one of the tournament games. Uh, it was it was actually unreal to see him do that, but that was that was actually one of the craziest goals. Uh, I played with 
speech for quite a bit of years, and that was probably the craziest goal I've ever seen him score. But um, other than that, like seeing it again on TV, um, it's like I kind of had enough of it because um, you saw the Regina Pats player. Obviously, it wasn't Connor Bedard, but it was one of his line mates, I think. But he did he did the Michigan again. Uh, but I'm I, I, I'm asking the question right now: Is the Michigan overused? Is it overused? It's. I think it's a part of the game now, and I think since you're a goalie, it's a you have a different perspective on it than I would because I'm a forward. I think for you, it's probably frustrating because now when the puck goes behind the net, you actually have to be more like focused into it. Where you were you able to kind of like okay, it's behind there, I can kind of catch a chance to breathe. Yeah, but well, e- even if it was behind the net, like without the without the thought of like oh crap. Is there gonna Michigan? We're still like high, highly aware of like, because we're still there's actually a lot of goalies that like are concerned or like highly aware behind their net because that's not the strongest part of the game is like kind of like movement on post work or stuff like that. So, um, it's it's really like it's not even that like concerning about that, but it's just like it's as a hockey fan, it's not even about being a goalie, but as a hockey fan, it's just kind of annoying to see it over and over again. It's like okay, cool, we seen it but we we see tsn or sportsnet just posting it over and over again it's just okay anyone could do it now right like it just makes it's just it's just frustrating to me like yeah as a goalie like yeah i have to worry about it but it's just as a hockey fan it's just we've seen it already like there's create something new <laughs> you know what i mean yeah like, so here we can lead on off of that topic here is the NHL getting too skilled and is there not enough physical play? How do you feel? Um, I think, yeah, I well, we've seen this over the, the past couple of years that it's getting more skilled and the physical play is kind of leaving the game a bit more. Um, obviously, like, when it comes down to playoff hockey, um, there's more physical play. Like, that's just any level of hockey. Like, non, like that's obviously including the NHL, but just, like, our high school hockey league, uh, AHL like junior hockey league obviously like you're gonna see you're gonna have guys hitting like there's there always should be hitting like there's always gonna be at least one guy that throws hits on a team right there's just you're not gonna see a team that just doesn't throw hits right so it just it just sucks to see that because I like the physical play I think it's really like a, a great a part of the game like seeing big hits and guys getting blown up but like it's like the game's kind of getting soft now, and it's like guys are just – it's just hard. It's – I don't know how to explain it, but it's just – it's tough to see that it, the game's kind of shifting away, if you know what I mean. Like it's shifting away from uh, physical play. I, I – it's a tough topic to talk about because it's nice to see all the skill going on, stuff like that, all the cool plays, and really the talent being shown – but at the same time, I also think it takes skill to hit guys, and it takes skill to play hard like that. And I think there's still guys that play like that, but I, you can tell they're starting to age out. But at the same time, you also have to consider that I I don't think that it will ever be 100% gone, but what it's going to take is that it's going to be one guy that decides, hey, I'm almost at that step. Like Michael Bunting, for example. Michael Bunting without him being a like a shit disturber he probably is not on the first line with the Leafs 
he's like a weaker Brad Marchand is the way I describe it. But yeah, he's kind of like a Marchand wannabe. I'd say, yeah, you're right. But no, but guys like that, you're going to have guys that are going to decide, hey, I'm going to play tough. And there's not a lot of guys that want to play like that anymore, which is why you look at, for example, the Kachucks. They're super skilled. But then they bring an edge to their game, which excels them so much further and makes them so much more valuable. But I think we can head into the segment, the dog of the week. So this week's dog of the week goes to a player, four goals, four assists, Dylan Larkin. Dylan Larkin. Big week from him. Big week. And Especially I was, on a team like the Red Wings. And, yeah, so... Dog of the week goes to Dylan Larkin, putting up some big numbers and helping leading his team through the week. Who is the cat of the week, Murph? Cat of the week for me is we're going back to the Flames, and I'm going to say Jacob Markstrom because just the numbers he's been putting up recently and definitely like his game last game. Not JT Miller and the Canucks? No, not, not JT Miller and the Canucks. Surprising we didn't bring them up actually lately. But first podcast for yeah for first episode we haven't talked about the Canucks but um uh yeah like he hasn't been having the best season like we said and definitely last game definitely shows like the crappy the crappies uh crappy games he's been having lately but uh actually like talking about the Canucks uh quickly actually I'm not gonna lie um um there's a Remember, like, there's after talk on uh, Sportsnet. Yes. And uh, Patterson was on it, and he was asked about. Okay, wait, sorry. He this was is off a- topic. I- Did what? you see Patterson when Kuzmenko was eating a banana and drinking a Coke on the bench? No, what was that? So Andre Kuzmenko, Patterson's line mate. Also, he's having a breakout season. Kuzmenko's a pretty good player too. So it's not like it's just some absolute rando, but. So Kuzmenko pulls out, I guess he needed a potassium booster or something like that. Kuzmenko pulls out a banana on the bench, starts eating the banana, and then for some, there's a Coke. He had a Coke on the bench while he's eating a banana, and you just see Pedersen look over and just shake his head and just disbelieve. Ovi would be happy for that. Is that like a Russian kind of thing, you think? I think he is Russian, yeah. He is Russian? Yeah. Do you think that's a Russian kind of Coke, Coke on the bench. <laughs> potassium and sugar, that's all he needs. <laughs> But yeah, um, uh, on the after talk on the Sportsnet, they had Pedersen on, and they were talking about. They asked Pedersen, "Oh, uh, what do you think?" Or because Bo, Bo Horvat came out saying like, "Oh, I think Pedersen should be the next captain of the Canucks." And then the the reporters were asking about, it and he was like, "Uh, kind of, kind of saying like almost like he knows he's probably getting it, but he does, he doesn't feel like getting it right now." kind of thing i mean he's still pretty young like 23 24 years old kind of thing you're still a young guy in the league uh you definitely found your footing obviously but um maybe uh slowly growing into that captaincy role that's one thing sorry to cut you off that's one thing that again i think you'll agree with this you have to credit to the maple leafs they didn't throw for example they could have thrown matthews to see when he was 19 when Tavares was first getting there with matthews but instead they decided to wait and use the older guys to help develop them and show them how to be a pro which I think makes a big difference because this is I think it's changed a lot but when you look in the media you don't see any of the Leafs guys really whining about refing and whining to the stuff about their teammates where 
for example, a couple of years ago, McDavid still had the C and Dreisaitl with an A when they were younger. They get eliminated and their press, media, like their media conference after getting eliminated was not the best representation of what I think you want from your captain and the press. That being said, best two players in the world, and I get they're going to make a stink, but they're obviously, that's still not what you want. All right. Well, I think we pretty much covered uh, everything. What do you think about that speech? Um. Yep. Um. Still, shout out Ilya Sorokin. <laughs> still having some big weeks, and yeah, that's all I have to say. Ilya Sorokin, best goalie in the Metro, and that's all I gotta say. I can't even say anything after Sisterkin played horrendous against the Jets yesterday. So. Letting four goals on twenty-one shots, but so do you still think he's better than Sorokin? Yes, he just had an off game. <laughs> okay, well that's it uh, for this episode. Uh, uh, thanks for listening again uh, with uh, Murph and Speech. Uh, it was another great episode, I think, and uh, it's fun to record. Yeah, it was a good episode this week. So uh, tune in next week for another episode, and you guys have a good one. See ya. <laughs>